welcome everybody to Learning with Bell Vista Studios. This is a place where we get to be curious and learn from people that are inspiring us in the industry. And today I have Valerie, one of those individuals, and you inspire definitely through the place of gamification. I feel like that's that's what you're all about. That's your aura. So <laughs> thank you for spending time with uh, me today. <laughs> the first question I want to actually, are you a gamer yourself? I am. I. I, I I would say I'm a gamer light. I'm not like as hardcore as many of the people I know that yeah. are in the gamification space. Um, if I had more time, <laughs> I probably would be more, but um, yeah, time, time is the time is the challenge right now. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I envy the people that are like, I spent the whole weekend. Like, I'm like, Oh wow, dude, that's great. <laughs> I don't have a whole weekend to do that, but yeah. yeah. So, okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, I, I did, I did come from, I did come from, I actually came from like board gaming and then video ooh. gaming. And so, like, yeah, so like the whole, yeah. What's so your, I like the analog game and digital that you would play now? Oh, well, I, <laughs> I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to plug it because I just played it recently for the first time. Yeah. It's a game called Chicka Pig. Okay. Which, <laughs> they're like, <laughs> the little characters are like half chicken, half pig. Yeah. Um, it's really clever. It's a strategy sort of, um, you have to move your, your little chicka pigs around the board, um, around the hay bales. And it, it's very, it's, 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 uh, it's really nicely put together. It's really well constructed. I have one of the early edition ones. They may, yeah. they may have turned some of the stuff into plastic pieces by now. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, but the original pieces were like wooden, like like laser cut like wooden wow. little pieces and so it's like it feels good to play and and it was just a lot of fun the big challenge playing it though was I uh I have a cat and so like <laughs> one player had to like kind of like do the laser pointer thing <laughs> to keep the cat <laughs> busy but but I really liked it because again it was the aesthetic of it is really really great it's got a nice little fun theme but then it's it's got a really interesting sort of strategy to it yeah um, so so yeah, it sort of, it hit a lot of the hit a lot of good points along the way. So that's cool. So that's my latest one. Made you play it in the first place, and why that game? Um, well, I think I just I I I don't know if somebody sent me a link to an article about it, but it was yeah. like sort of you know it was sort of in the news. Somebody had mentioned it, um, and so I, I play I, I try again <laughs> I try to play a lot of games. Uh, because it's one of the mistakes that I think people make. I've had people come to me that are like, oh, I really want to get started with gamification. And, and I'm like, oh, great. Okay. Well, you know, and I asked similar things like, well, what kind of games do you like to play? What, you know, what do you have experience with? What? And they're like, oh, I don't really like to play games. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be <laughs> a, a little challenging <laughs> because that's kind of it's not that gamification is about making everything a game but if you don't have some understanding of yeah. games and why people like to play games then you're going to have a much harder you know it's a, it's, it's it's a harder lift to get them to yeah. to that place so that's always kind of challenging when they're like oh yeah I don't, I don't I don't like games um but I actually I actually run workshops and I do sessions with people where we deconstruct games and I teach them how to play a game purposefully so that, yes. you, you know, you're playing it for fun. That's part of the process. Play it, just experience it, see what you like about it, what you don't like about it. Um, 
But then we, we kind of go, okay, now let's step back. Let's go back to our instructional design principles mm -hmm. and let's say, okay, what in this game like triggered something for you that you could go, wow, that reminds me of this. I could use this to do this other thing and to make this other thing more interesting or to, you know, make it more effective. Because yeah. again, I think that's the other thing is like people are like, oh, I want to use gamification. It's going to make everything fun and, and, yeah. and we make it fun and that's great. And everybody's going to be happy. And I'm like, mm, well, they might be happier. <laughs> yeah. But that's the difference between like the smile sheet, like, oh yeah, I liked the class. I liked the trainer, which is really what the smile sheet means. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't usually mean that they learned anything. It means I like the trainer. It was, it was a nice experience, which is important. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, how do we get them to the results? So, um, so yeah, so uh, I think I went way off on a tangent there but <laughs> no, you're just answering but, uh, a lot of my questions so it's okay oh, <laughs> I just jumped ahead <laughs> well so one of the things that I'm curious about is um getting I guess emotionally involved with characters in games yeah. and I think as learning designers we can do that in our solutions and what I'd like to uncover is how can you do that well? What are the characteristics of a character that compels someone to care? Oh, that's really good. And I know you did, you recently had another really cool conversation about script writing and everything. That oh, one, yeah. That yeah. was really great. Um, and she had, she had wonderful stuff. And I, I agree with a lot of it. It's like, you have to, it has to feel real. Yep. Um, you have to give them some reason to care. Yes. Now that could be, I like the character and I want to help the character, or it yep. could be, Ooh, I don't like this character. Like I want to defeat the character. You know, I want to, mm. I want to, I want to defeat this evil character. Um, you know, you think about games a lot, the boss fight, you know, like y you, things are set up that, yep. um, we don't always have to like the character. It's like a movie. You don't like all of the characters in the movie, but you may be very engaged with them. But yes. the difference between the movie and the game is when you're in the game, you have some control over the character. And so people actually get a deeper emotional connection to the characters because what I do affects them. Yeah. I mean, you can watch the same movie 27 times. It doesn't matter how much you cry or laugh or what mm -hmm. the character's not affected by that. Nothing changes in that movie by virtue of you having any sort of emotional reaction to it. But in a game, it absolutely does. Every time you play, you have that opportunity. I mean, if it's a good game, yeah. <laughs> not every game maybe, but you have that opportunity that there's a different outcome. Um, you know, something could happen to the character. It might be a good thing. It might be a bad thing. And so I think, I think that's, I think that's what people have to remember is that we have when we're when we're designing the learning you're taking the learner on a journey mm -hmm. in some environment that may involve other characters um they may be characters they interact with they may just be characters there could be a character that they're trying to help that yeah. you never actually interact with um so i think i think that's what makes it that's what makes it interesting is mm -hmm. is understanding that you are affecting this character mm -hmm. um and also just i mean and also just sort of the then there's the other side there's the uh taking on a character taking on a persona of um you know in games you know you build your avatar for the first things you probably do in most games mm -hmm. you build your avatar and and 
and, and, and the research shows that like the characteristics that you play as your avatar, even if you, you know, maybe I, maybe I design my avatar as a giant male, you know, okay. work, what, <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, 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 and he's, you know, he's violent and he's whatever, whatever, but how I play him is still going to be related to who I am. You're going to see similar behavior. So people who are competitive in the game space are competitive outside the game space. Yeah. You don't normally see, you don't normally see completely different behaviors. You may see a different appearance. They may try to, um, cause I may, I may feel, um, and this is something else that you can do with learners a lot. Like if the learners don't feel competent, they don't feel comfortable, you know, putting on that big ogre suit, um, so to speak, may help them to feel more confident or to behave in a slightly different way than they would have if you just had them in a classroom and they were themselves. And then they're a little shy and they maybe don't want to speak up. I mean, I was always the kid. I did. I hated, I hated talking in class. I was like, really, I like, I need time generally to process things. So I, I yeah. don't do well in that, like, you know, what do you think? I'm like, ah! <laughs> you know, like it, it would make me really, it would make me really nervous. But if I'm in a game space where I have maybe some, some time and you have a little cover, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's often easier. It's often, that's the other thing. It's also often easier if you have the introverts and if you have people who um, maybe do, they need, they need to process things a little longer or a little more deeply, or they like to explore a little more before they, yeah kind of answer the question or whatever. So it gives them, so I think, I think both sides, the characters you're interacting with, but also your character. Um, and then of course there's the third piece, which would be when you're designing to build those learner personas and those um, characters, I'm putting that yeah. in the big error quotes, um, but you are building, I mean, you really have, I mean, I think that's one of the, probably the biggest there's sort of a tie, the two biggest reasons that gamification projects fail. And one of them is that people did not respect who the audience is. Um, they may say, oh, I know, I know this audience. And you may know them demographically, but if you haven't really taken the time to think about the context they're in, who they are, what the barriers might be for them, what the challenges, what they like, um, you know, would they be more receptive to something that has sort of a comic book style versus something that's more formal? Like yeah. you have to, you have to really think about what motivates them. And, um, and I know that's a challenge for people because they're always like, well, how do I know? Like maybe I'm working, maybe I'm designing for a third party. I have no idea who the learners are going to be. How am I supposed to do that? But there's still a lot of um, good solid tools you can use from the gamification world to help you with that because there's certain things that are pretty universal. Yeah. Um, you know, autonomy, giving people choice, like is always a quick win. That is always a great win. Um, I've never seen that. I've never seen that like not work on some level. Um, so yeah, anytime you could give them like choice or something like that, like that's universal. You don't have to know a whole lot about the people, yeah. but if you design well and say, I'm going to design certain pieces that are more formal and yeah. for people who kind of, I want to read, I want to read the textbook. I want to read yeah. the material, uh, watch the video. And then other people who are like, you know, I want to draw a picture. I want to explore, you know, how I interact with this. So 
um, it can be, so I think there's the three pieces of the character, uh, three yeah, kind cool. of buckets or whatever. So. Do you think learning is more effective if the character they're interacting with is good or evil? So if they want to help the character, if they want to squash the character. Um, I, I don't know that one is better or worse than the other. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, it's contextual. I think it's like anything else. I think if, um, depending on what the, 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 depending on what the content is, like, for example, um, some years ago, I was, I was consulting with somebody who worked with first responders mm -hmm. and the challenge that they were having was, and they had very good training. They already had the, the content was solid. And that's the other thing. Don't ever try to, don't ever try to gamify something to cover up the fact that the underlying materials are not solid. If you don't have that, putting it, you know, the lipstick on the pig or what, you know, all the fun <laughs> analogies or whatever. Um, if that's not going to help, but the back to the back to the question that you asked me, um, uh, and I totally lost my train. No, you're talking thought. about someone that you worked with with first responders. Yes, oh yes, yes, and the they first have responders. good content. Thank you. Um, it's very early. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, but it makes it makes for a much more amazing uh, experience. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So the first responders, the, the challenge was that. They knew how to use the equipment. They yeah. knew the procedures to follow, but they weren't following them. Mm. And they weren't following them because their instinct was to help. And so their instinct, their motivation, and again, going back to who are these people? Why do they behave the way they behave as much as you can find that out? Well, she knew this. She knew these are first responders. They're, they, they, in their core, just want to rush in and help. Mm -hmm. But we need them to not do that because by doing that, they're endangering themselves. So what we played around with, and I wish I had been able to hear more about her, the outcomes of what she did, because it was kind of just a consultative. She was like, yeah. I just need some ideas. Um, but what we were playing around with was the idea of building a scenario or a storyline where they could see the result of not using the equipment. So. I said, what about if we, we appeal to that, that, that factor that they really want to help everybody and show them that by not following the procedure, they're endangering future people. And yeah. it's, hard to, it's hard to get people to envision that sometimes because the, the longer the time frame, the fuzzier it gets, you know, oh, in the future, mm. it's like saving. Oh, in the future, I'm going to need money <laughs> in the future. <laughs> um, but, but by doing that, you know, we played with, you know, you could, you could have like sort of uh, little movie clips and things that show a future state where people weren't able to get help because they weren't there. They couldn't be there because they were home, um, you know, on disability because they had injured themselves and not able to help. So, um, so in that context, it was definitely, you know, you had to play the good guy. There would be no yeah. evil villain there that would ever be as effective as playing to the heart of, you know, being the good guy, of them being the good guy and, and whatever, um, and of the person that they're helping, uh, 
being a part, you know, being a good person. It wouldn't, it wouldn't benefit the story to say, oh, this was some evil person who had a heart attack on the street and you <laughs> like had to go help. That, that doesn't help the story any. Yeah. But in other cases, if you were trying to create, um, I, I think, I think in other, in other situations, even if it was sort of a, a high risk thing, making it the, the villain, like, you know, if I'm doing cyber risk training, then it probably is going to be more effective if I'm trying to defeat the villain who has hacked into my network. Yes. Like that in that instance, cause it's the context, the context makes more sense that okay. I'm, I'm, I need to, I need to, I need to fight the villain to get my network back and you know, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's, I don't think it, ha I think like anything it's, it's how you, you know, you can do a good job with it either way. And yeah. if it makes sense within what you're trying to achieve, what the goal is. Yeah, the context, you're right. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, duh. Um. Well, no, but, <laughs> no, it's, but it's an interesting question. I hadn't really thought about it in that way. And, I, you know, it's it's good to think about these things. Sometimes the question that we go, oh, duh. Well, no, uh, duh. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. gets us to a, another better question. Yeah. So. Well, I hope my next one's good. No, <laughs> no you mean it like that. Um, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Um, what's some more stories or examples like that around, this is a specific behavior we needed to change, and this is what we did? Um, well, we did a, one of the, probably the, I would say the largest scale project I ever worked on yep. um, lasted about two years and it only ended because we ran into an economic downturn and it got kind of cut <laughs> but but the project had span approximately two years it was a a customer service we were doing internal customer service so this was not how to well there was a little bit of how to answer the phone but it was it was more about it was a large uh it's an international law firm and they needed the different departments to understand how working together affected the overall supply chain sort of thing. And um, so there was a little bit of external customer service, the type that people normally think of when you say customer service, but it was more about internal communications. And uh, so uh, a couple of things we did that were really effective. Um, and actually I have a, I have a case study somewhere I can, I, I'll, I'll send it to you later. And yeah, cool. can, whatever, um, <clears throat> look at it or link it or something, uh, <laughs> whatever yeah. we do with, whatever we do with content these days. Yeah. Um, but, uh, a couple of the things that we did, and this kind of relates to character, we, we had champions. Mm -hmm. You have to have, you In have real to have life. People, yes. Real, real life, life champions. champions. Yeah. Real life. The people who were supporting the project, um, that was in some cases the, the two managers that were the sponsors of the program, but also we structured how we rolled it out to try to draw in some internal champions within the different groups that we're going to go through the training to kind of talk it up and get some excitement and and whatever because um, i think that's i think that's a piece that sometimes people miss and it's not a specifically gamification piece but um when you don't have that support uh especially if you're doing something that's really different and, and doing a large scale gamification project, although we weren't actually calling it that, yeah. um, was really different and it was risky in some ways. And so you had to have sort of that support structure in place to say, can we sustain this? If things don't work quite the way we thought they were going to, and they're never going to, um, mm -hmm. how are we going to adjust to that? And do we have people who are going to like 
go with it and kind of, you know, continue the process with us. Um, but within the program, one of the most effective things was we had this, I was absolutely almost obsessive about the theme. Um, one of the sponsors had said during the initial design meeting, we were sitting there and all of a sudden she goes, I see rockets. And we're all like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but her point was that it was customer service and she didn't want sort of the mountain peak sort of thing. We're going to yeah. climb the mountain. We're going to get to the top of the mountain. And she's like, cause where do you go then? You go down. Like, I don't want it going down. <laughs> like, that's the point. She's like, I want something that's ongoing. So the visual was rockets. We decided to go with a space theme. Mm -hmm. Now, did everybody love the space theme? Absolutely not. I got lots of feedback that people were like, this is silly. Um, this is childish. We don't like it. Why did you have to do that? Couldn't you just give me the content? <laughs> but the majority of the people liked it um, mm -hmm. in the sense of it provided that continuity throughout the program. And so we yeah. were hardcore about it. I gave out at the beginning, this was a blended learning experience. Um, yeah. And at the beginning, we physically gave them a little box that looked kind of like a little, like the little cases that the, the astronauts take on Oh, cool. Shuttle missions and things. Um, so a little white box. And inside we had, we had Milky Way bars and Starburst candies. And awesome. Like, I mean, it was like, I'd it truly board. was like obsessive. <laughs> yeah. we, we onboarded you. Like this yeah. is your invitation to join the flight crew and everything. The language was all, you're on a flight crew. You're not in a class. Um, you're on a mission. Uh, this is our mission. We had checklist like like the astronauts would have, um, yeah. which truly, it's a, another simple thing, but it made probably more difference than a lot of the other things because the program was originally created in one platform because we mm -hmm. worked with a vendor. And then halfway through the program, the vendor closed <laughs> and we had to repackage it, which was a blessing because that gave us a nice opportunity to do that thing that most learning designers say they're going to do and never do, which is go back and redesign it mm. and clean up things and see what was working, take the feedback and really apply it. So it, it turned out what, tur what originally I like was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? <laughs> like we're in the middle of this huge project and now I have no platform. Mm. Um, so we had to scramble and, 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 and do that. But it really did turn out to be well. And one of the things that I changed was how the material was presented to them was they had lots of these checklists because a lot of the content they could do out of order. Mm. And which is another very game-like thing that I think is not used as effectively as it could be in learning sometimes that everything doesn't have to be linear. Like let's stop with the click next, click next, click next, click next. Like, yeah let them go and do things and come back to the e-learning. Everything doesn't have to be self-contained in the e-learning. Like yeah. the e-learning can be the, the, the place where they come to get yeah. sort of their bearings and then send them off on like, you know, these little side missions and whatever. Yeah. So that's what we did. Um, so they would go off and they would do these different activities. Some of them were solo missions. Some of them were group activities. Um, so again, we were, we were building in all of those, all of those behaviors that we, we needed them to exhibit in real yeah. life. Um, but doing it in a, in a slightly, in a slightly more um, fun way. And um, so I think, I think that was, 
the, but, but just having the theme tied all the way through, just, it really helped them to stay in the moment to kind yeah. of, okay, it helped me to kind of see the process. Um, so that, that, that was definitely one of the huge ones. Um, we did have within it, we did have some competition. We did okay. have mostly collaboration though, because of the nature, again, the, the subject matter was teamwork and communication. Like you don't want to make that into a huge competition. Um, but we did, <laughs> we did acknowledge that, um, you know, a little friendly competition doesn't hurt. We had again, individual competitions and team competitions. So again, that helped with the collaborating piece because, um, you know, you had people had to work together to, to do yeah. that. Um, what were those specific kind of quests or challenges that you did with the groups? Um, well, the, the team competition was really at the end. We had an in-person session where they broke into teams and we did sort of a content review yeah. uh, game show kind of, you yeah. know, uh, kind of competition. Throughout the, throughout the um, course, the smaller things were uh, – uh, generally more of a, a pair and share sort of, we had some sort of pair and share things that they had to go and do together um, mm -hmm. and then come back and, and report on, report on, on how that went. And some of the, some of those were with colleagues in other departments and yep. some of those were with their managers mm -hmm. because one of the, one of the key things was we made all of the managers uh, anybody who had an employee who was going to go through the program, that person had to go through the training first. Mm. They were in the first flight crew. So we had all the managers and supervisors and, and um, various yeah. levels um, so that they understood the process and they got some coaching on how to have those, those collaborative conversations with their employees. Um, they were given worksheets and they were given guidance. Um, and then, uh, so some of it, so, so, so some of it was, was, was trying to address that too, that we needed to get that communication going better too, yeah. because that's truly where a lot of projects, just learning projects, nothing to do with gamification, learning yeah. projects in general fail because the managers don't support them. Mm -hmm. You can send, you can send the train, you can send employees to the best training on the planet. They come back, they know the materials, they want to do it. And as soon as their manager says, do it this way instead of that way, yeah, it's over. It's out, you're, you're sunk. So we, we definitely tried to uh, engage the manager level first. Um, that was, as expected, not 100% successful. We had certain managers who dug their heels in and just said, my employees are fine the way they are. And we we don't want to play, um, which was part of, we did have, um, I am, I am, I am not a fan. <laughs> if I could eradicate one gamification element from the universe, mm -hmm. I always tell people it would be leaderboards. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely do not like leaderboards, not for comparing people, not, it just, not for learning. Like, who, when they're learning something, and maybe, again, maybe it takes them a little longer or they don't have as much experience with it. Why do I want to see, I never want to see my name at the bottom of the list. Like how, why, why would I try? Why, why would I try? I mean, there's ways to do leaderboards that are better, but in general, um, unless you're doing sales training, <laughs> I mean, salespeople are 
their lives are leaderboards. Let's face it. You know, it's like, did I make, did I make my goal? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, I can see it in certain, certain places, but not for most learning type things. So, but we did have two leaderboards in this course. Um, Mm -hmm. One was hidden. It was basically the grade book. (laughs) It was where I tallied up all of the uh, activities that they did. They got points for different activities. Um, and then at the end, we, we did award a couple of, we, we awarded like the, the flight crew captain mm-hmm. for whoever was like the top, top score in the course and the, uh, like first officer or whatever. So, um, so they did get gift cards. Um, it wasn't the best, but it was kind of within what we could do. Um, so we did have that leaderboard. They never saw that leaderboard. Mm-hmm. The participants never saw that one. I would send out announcements with the various um, weekly weekly messages and things. And I might say, you know, well, Kim was really, you know, uh, she's zooming up, you know, she passed, you know, three people last week on the leader, yeah. you know, like, but nobody ever asked me to see it. Honestly, I never yeah. had anybody who was like, I want to see my score. <laughs> like, they didn't care. Um, you had the people who were super competitive, who generally in the beginning, the first session, they would be like, I'm winning this. And you were like, (laughs) okay, we know, (laughs) we know they're going to do it. Um, but the second leaderboard was really kind of interesting because it was public to the managers. Okay. And it was a leaderboard that showed the participation level of their employees because no shame there. I want the peer pressure of, I want the, I want the senior manager who's sponsoring this program to see that some of these managers are not engaged with us. They have checked out of this. They're not supporting their employees and they're not supporting the mission. They're not supporting this project. And you need to know that because, oh, wow. I, you know, I was like, so I think you can, you know, you, you can play with them and they're okay, mm-hmm. but, but, <laughs> but yeah. of limited, they're, they're of limited use to me personally, but yeah, that's just me. <laughs> How did you get people? Um, because it's a blended learning solution. Sounds like there was quite a lot of on-the-job stuff, which is quite mm-hmm. cool. How mm-hmm. did you get that permission for them to do mm-hmm. the on-the-job quests or challenges and have allocated time outside of their role? Yeah, and that was that was really why we uh, that was why we really started with the senior mm-hmm. the senior managers and worked our way down. We actually went, because it's a law firm, um, we actually went to some of the senior partners. So to the attorneys themselves, because these were all support staff. These were the assistants and the, we weren't training the legal staff. Um, We were training all the support people. But we did go as part of the design process. We went to some of the senior partners, the real leaders of the firm, and we had them give us um, uh, quotes about what they thought good customer service look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really tried to, to go from that like top down. We want to, we want to make it clear to everybody that this is supported, that, that this is something that the firm feels is important. It's not just, it's not just the trainer saying, mm-hmm. Hey, you need to learn this. Um, so I think that was, that was a big piece of it was, was sort of the top down. Now I will say that when we had that halfway point where I said we had to redesign it in the middle, it was interesting because the two senior leaders that uh, I was working with, and both of them were 
my managers. So I knew these people really well. I had a really good relationship. And that's another thing that really helps when you're trying to do something kind of wacky and different is the trust factor. Like, you know, people will be more willing to kind of, you know, clients will be clients, you know, will be a little more willing to let you explore a little more and be a little more creative usually than um, somebody that you're, you're working with for the first Mm -hmm. time. But, but in the middle, when, when we, when we had to kind of have that moment of what are we going to do? One of them was still very hardcore with, I am all in. I am 100% in this. Her employees got fantastic results. I, I, this project was like 10 years ago and I saw one of them recently and she still remembers stuff from it. She still talks about it. Her, her manager was all in. The other one was kind of getting into that. Well, um, I don't want to change too much because then these people will get a different experience than those people got. And I'm like, everybody gets a different experience, mm-hmm. no matter what. Like every learner is getting a unique experience. That's how we designed this. Like it's it's different, the people that are in the same class, like nobody's having the exact same experience. So, and why would you not want to take the feedback we have from the first half and make it better? Like, so I'm supposed to present less than good training because it's the same as what I gave these other, like, so I really had to like, I had to really fight really her because she didn't want me to change anything. She didn't want to, she, she, she was just very resistant to it. And she was, them? why were they, why was one all in the other one's like, man, let's not change it. Just continue. Um, I think part of it, I think some of it is just, their personalities um, yeah. that one of them is like, she sort of lives and breathes customer service. And she, uh, she, and in some ways, maybe she was a little more committed to it because I think she saw, she saw more of the importance for her people. Like, I think her people maybe had a little further, some of her people had further to go. So I think that helped with it, but I think even all things being equal with the staff, I think she's still like, she just, she just has a little more of that bend. That's just Mm -hmm. sort of a little more who she is. Not to say the other one doesn't care about customer service, but I think the other one, she has a larger, um, she has a, a larger department. Um, she had more supervisors and some of them were the ones that were kind of resistant. Mm -hmm. And so perhaps some of it was a little bit of battle fatigue. Maybe she was kind of like, okay, this is, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit that part. Um, and I, and I think she was just, I mean, I, I get it. She, not that she had to defend any of this to HR, but like, I, I think she probably, her staff is more the type that would be like, well, how come she had to do this and I had to do that? And like, they could get a little more nitpicky maybe. Um, so that might've, that might've played into it. But um, I, I just think, yeah, I think one just had a slightly different vision of, of, you know, how, of its role and how much it was helping. Um, yeah. And the other one perhaps had a little more, um, a little more of the people who were, resi- were resistant. And that's actually, um, when I was talking about the leaderboards, that was one of the reasons that 
I was adamant from the beginning that I was not going to show the participants leaderboard because I knew we were going to have certain staff. We had staff that had worked there for over 20 years. I mean, we had very long tenured staff and they, I knew they were going to be super resistant to the idea of somebody telling them they needed to learn customer service because mm -hmm. I was, I already knew, I heard, I knew these people and I'm like, they're like, oh, this is be nice training. Like, uh, you want me to smile? Like, I'm like, this is not what we're going to be talking about. Like, you know, and so I had to like really work with them to get them past that initial just um, resistance. And, um, but I knew some of them were still not going to really play along. And yeah. so I didn't want to show a leaderboard where some people weren't participating because yeah. you had the hardcore group that were really into it. There was always, there was always some in the group that were like, yeah, this is really helpful. I never thought of it that way. I'm, I'm happy to learn something. And then you had sort of the middle group who, to your point about how did you, how did they do it during their work day? Some of them were kind of like, okay, this is kind of hard for me to do it at my desk. And yeah. it's a little challenging, but we built it that way intentionally because it's like, this is real life. Yes. <laughs> like if I put you in a classroom and I teach you this and then you have to go sit at your desk and you can't do it because you have no experience in that context, it doesn't, it's not going to make sense. So we did intentionally have some activities that like, you're going to have to work with your team members and say, Hey, I really need 15 minutes to watch this video or to do this activity. Can you answer the phone for me? Like that was part of the training. <laughs> like we kind of did that intentionally. Yeah. Um, so, so you had the middle piece that like, I was very, I was very protective of them. I didn't want them to see that there were people I knew they kind of would know, but I didn't want to put it in their face that some of their coworkers were not participating because yeah. then if I'm busy and she's not doing it, like, well, why am I doing it? Why am I, why am I making the effort to try to do it. So yeah. So, so it, it was, it was a, it was a, it was not an inconsequential navigation and it was challenging because when you're working with attorneys and they are just like in your face, like do this now, do this now, do this now. And somebody wants to put on their headphones to listen to, you know, listen to something or watch us watch a video or something. It was challenging for them. And <clears throat> we did get some feedback about that. And then we did some, in some cases have to work with the supervisors to allow people to go to the training room or go mm -hmm. somewhere for like an hour and like say, that's okay. We're going to yeah. like, just give you some dedicated time. So, so we balanced it out. We, we weren't like horrible about it. Like, no, you figure it out. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you, 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 you figure it out as you go. <laughs> You're like, this worked, this didn't work. This was one of the, and that was one of the big challenges was um, getting them used to it. Cause they'd never done that. They'd never had to, uh, do training at their desk like that. So it was, it was a learning curve on that. Yeah. When you, one thing we're really big on is um, replicating the real world. And if you think about e-learning, which is we're an e-learning company, essentially, um, yeah. it's about, yeah, not the next and back buttons, but what actions and decisions can they make? So looking at the screen, like it is their first person vision. Yep. and making decisions or choices or taking action based on that that yeah. replicates the real world. Do you have any good examples of activities, scenarios, where you've seen that being done well, whether you've designed it yourself oh. or other ones? Oh, wow. Um, that's a great question. Um, 
I think there's, I think there's a few people who do really great um, scenario based uh, scenario based learning like Kathy Moore and uh, uh, you know, she's done, she's done just some really, some really amazing work in that space in terms of uh, yeah, making the scenarios real because I think that's, 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 I think the tricky part on that one is she's really great at providing those like multiple answers sound right ish <laughs> and letting i think i think the big tip there is probably in e-learning we're so often it's so often answer the question and then you get the feedback right away of yes that's right no that's wrong um and maybe it's corrective feedback or maybe it's not corrective feedback or whatever um but what i love about a lot of her work is she lets you you know it's like a real it's like real life what if i let the person go several steps through the process before i tell them they went down the wrong way now, I don't want to like, I don't want to have them go too far down the wrong way because then I don't want them to learn bad habits. Yeah. But I think that's, I think that's the big, that's, that's sort of the sweet spot is finding, like letting them make some mistakes to see the consequences because you don't always see consequences immediately in real life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, sometimes two, you know, I could say the same thing to two people and radically different outcomes to that. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's, I think that's a really good tip um, is, you know, trying to, first of all, provide, provide scenario answers that are plausible, yeah. like that multiple answers are plausible. Like, don't make it so obvious that like, <laughs> oh, I should do this. Mm -hmm. um, that's not helpful. That's not really learning. That's, um, I, always, I often tell people, it's like, that's, that's validation. That's mm -hmm. validation of something I probably already knew. It doesn't prove that I learned anything. Um, you know, it's like failure, failure, you know, elucidates it, you know, it, you, you might learn something there. Like clicking the right button through a scenario often doesn't tell me if they learned anything or if they just already knew it. And sometimes that matters. Mm. Like, Tell how can I say my learning this. was effective? Well, how, how can I say my learning was effective if I present them with material that the answers are so obvious or are not at the right skill level, so they already knew the answers? I can't say they learned anything in the class. I can't, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of almost, I, don't, I can't think of the right word right now, but, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't feel right. I, like, I can't say I taught them anything. Like, maybe I just checked that they already knew that, which is not, mm. I'm not saying that that's not a valuable thing to do, but it's a different, it's a different thing to say, I checked to see if they knew, or they were at point A and we got them to point B. Yeah. They may have already been at point B and all we did was find that out. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's true. Okay. That's okay. And that's what pre-tests are for. I mean, you know, if somebody's already at point B, why am I going to make them sit through the training other than compliance and crazy answers like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because they have to be in the chair for an hour. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll put a link in the description for people that haven't seen Kathy Moore's stuff, but she's got a blog where she has examples of scenario based yes. stuff and it's really excellent. I definitely encourage people to have that. Yeah, she did, And that. she worked with, she worked years ago with, um, on the, uh, the meeting with Haji, uh, what's the name of it? 
It's the game. It's they did it for the for the army. Um, oh yeah, I did that. That was really hard. It was really amazing though, right? But I mean, oh, that's yeah, the point. but like you didn't was, feel like you were learning, and you have to go like yes, yes. in terms of like delayed feedback and yes. stuff. Like yes, wow, yes, yes. it was incredible. It was, and actually, I I talked to Doug Nelson that did that um, at a at a conference, and one of the things he talked about was I asked him, I said, what was the what was the replay like? How many people, he's like, the people that got it right on the first time replayed it. That's when you know, like, that's, that's that's when you know. They're like, because I want to know what I could have done wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that was like, how how many times, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't know too many people that have developed Mm e-learning that when somebody got to the end and they saw 100%, ding, I'm good, said, let me go back and see how I could have messed up. Like, you know, that just doesn't, that doesn't happen normally. <laughs> and when, yeah, yeah, I went, I played it and I, like I said, I went through a session with him and he talked about how they put it together. And that's the brilliance of it is it's vague. There's, there's some discomfort. There's, there's, it's not all really obvious. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I think if, if people, if people look at Kathy Moore stuff and that kind of stuff, it really, I mean, there's other people who do it really well too. Her name just, she's been doing it and yeah do you have any other people um that you could recommend because her name comes up every single podcast (laughs) but Um, she's incredible yes um oh my god now my my brain is like going i have two people in my head i can picture them and i'm like um cinecraft uh dan kekken kekken i'm not sure i'm saying his name right it's k-e-c-k-a-n kek I, I can't say his name right now. <laughs> um, his his company builds um, scenario basings, and he actually has a really good um, seven seven point uh, little ebook sort of thing about like the seven principles of good e learning and things. Yeah, it's cool. really it's really quality. It's really awesome stuff. Um, yeah. A lot of the stuff we've been it touches on a lot of the sort of things we've been talking about about making it relevant, interactive, and yeah. Um, He's got some really good stuff. And oh my gosh, her name is just like escaping me. She's Canadian. I'm like, oh my God, I feel so terrible. I'm like, okay. it'll come to me later. It'll come to me later. Yeah, it'll come to it me later. So I feel bad. I feel bad. Um, but um, but yeah, there's, 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 yeah. And I think, I think that's, and again, that goes back to the whole gameplay thing. It's like, you know, when you play a game, you, you, you're going along with the character and then sometimes you're like, Ooh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> like I've gone down the bad road here. And, you know, so yeah, anytime you can, uh, like you said, is it, you have to, the key is bring it as close to real life as, yeah. as you can. Um, yeah. because otherwise, uh, you know, I, not that learning doesn't transfer from one environment to the other, but you want to make that, you want to make that journey as short as possible. I don't want to make them uh, you know, make that, make that leap. If, if mm-hmm. I don't have to just kind of shorten, shorten the road for him a little bit. Yeah. But Love that. I think that helps. Um, I think as L and D instructional designers, learning designers, it can be very easy to just fall into the mold of mm-hmm. I've done a project like this before. I'm going to solve it the same way or replicate it. Do you have any like, yeah strategies or maybe you have games that you play to like shake it up and just inspire yourself to look at it from a different perspective and do it differently yeah I mean I I think I think 
that's what, well, I, I tell people, like, I know lots of people work in places where they have templates or they have things that they have to use, that there's corporate branding or there's cor whatever. Yeah. But I always tell them, it's like, the template is a container. They don't tell you what to put in the container. Mm. So always think of it, think of it as what it is. It's a container. And just like any container, you can put water, milk, a soda, like you can put whatever in that glass. Like, so, yeah. you know, just like, I'm always trying to like, my, 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 a dear friend of mine always kids me that instead of my branding being Valerie with a Y, it should have been Valerie with a Y not because I'm always like, well, why not? Why can't you do that? <laughs> why can't you try that? Um, because it really, I think we do. Um, so I, I really do. That's the first thing I encourage people to kind of step back from it and kind of go, limitations can actually be the best jumping off point for creativity. They yeah. really can. It's like, it's, it's much easier. Okay. I have a template. It's, I already have the container. It's better than a blank piece of paper. I can do anything like that's mm -hmm. overwhelming. Um, so I do. I also tell people, um, I have sort of my four, um, I call it the game plan because mm. it's easy for me to remember and it's easy for me to tell yeah. people. Um, you always want to go back to what is the goal? Because even if the project looks the same, um, there's a lot of similarities to it. It may or may not, it probably does not have the exact same goal. So what is the goal? Mm -hmm. Where are you trying to get them to go? What yep. is the result you're going for? How do you know they've gotten there? Um, because if you don't know that answer, that's the biggest, that's probably along with not respecting your audience. That's the other piece that causes projects to fail. All types, gamification, e-learning, whatever. Yeah. Um, if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to get there. Um, you might get them somewhere, <laughs> but so that's the first piece is go back and be very clear about what your goal is. That's, that's, that's the anchor that you always come back to. Does this match the goal? Does this help the goal? Um, the next piece is that audience piece. Like, who are they? Um, how am I going to get these people? Because it may not be the same people. It may be the same course, mm -hmm. but it's different people. So, <clears throat> so look at that. Say, okay, now that I've, now that I've gone back to my goal, who are the people? And I'm sort of like bullseyeing it. Like, okay, so yeah, yeah, who, are the, who are those people? And then the next piece is, um, the M would be mechanics. Now, not just game mechanics. Um, I use this to mean, like you are a mechanic. Um, I'm building a learning engine. What are all the pieces I need? What are the tools I need? What are the components I need? Um, so that's all of my, my, all of my content. You know, what type of content am I using? Am I using video? Am I using text? Um, am I going to use any gamification elements to it? Uh, so you take all of that and you say, okay, do these serve that audience getting to that goal. Like yeah. you're still keep going back. Um, and then finally, it's all about wrapping it in an experience. So that's your E. <clears throat> so how is the overall experience going to be? How is this going to feel for the learner to participate in? And I, I often, I get very sheepish looks when people design things and they show them to me. And I say, would you want to take this course? Mm. How does it feel? Be the learner. Sit in the sit in the seat. Be the learner. How does this feel? And I don't do it to be mean, <laughs> although I can call that. They're like, "That's horrible. Why do you do?" I'm like, "I'm like, well, why are you sending something out there that you don't want to do? Like, why would you why would you want to give learning to somebody you wouldn't want to do?" Yeah. Um, so that's one thing is just to provide. I, I kind of always have that running in the back of my mind. Is um, <clears throat> and 
you know, kind of going through those, not like a step by step, but just those are four key elements. I think that if you kind of keep those in mind, they, they really help. Um, the other thing I do is um, to kind of, again, get people thinking a little outside of the box or whatever, like when you're going through that, that mechanic piece, and again, I'm always going back to, you have to have good solid learning. If you don't have those learning components right, it really doesn't matter the rest of it. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes the gamification piece isn't so much about the content as it is about building that experience. It's like, how do I, how do I, how do I package this in the best way? Because um, I, I love, um, I'm a big fan of the self-determination theory for, for working with learners. And okay. Edward DC, he talks, he has, a, he has a great quote, which I'm probably butchering right now, but basically <laughs> he talks about how asking how we're going to motivate people is the wrong question. Because you can't motivate people. What you can do is create an environment in mm -hmm. which they are motivated. So you're not actually motivating them. You're creating the environment so that they feel motivated. Yes. They feel compelled to keep working at it, um, you know, showing them their progress, presenting them with appropriate challenges. All those things are the environment. Those aren't the learning. Mm -hmm. Like the learning is not the challenge. The learning is whatever we're trying to get them to do, but I'm packaging it as a challenge and that makes it much more compelling. That makes it much more interesting um, and it keeps people moving um, again showing them progress is like, that's the other like rock star thing. Anytime you can show somebody that they're making progress, um, they'll keep going. They're much more likely to keep going. If they can see they're getting somewhere, then yeah. they're stuck. Um, and I always tell people that it's like, when, when they tell me the learners aren't motivated, I say, are they not, are they really not motivated? Like lazy, not motivated, or are they confused? Like they might be mm. stuck. And like, especially adult learners, it's very hard for people to say, I don't know, I don't understand, I feel I'm not competent with this. And so quite often when people shut down and they don't do the learning, um, they may not want to do it for a number of reasons, but I've seen many cases where they were just stuck and they saw no pathway forward. They saw no way to make progress. And so there's like, mm, I'm done. I can't, I can't do this. Yeah, wow. Um, so, so that's just my little pitch on the, on the motivation peach. But then I did also bring, um, I do have, I do a workshop that I have people go through and we have these cards and I'm going to try okay. to hold them up, but I don't want to get the glare. But anyway, so we have these cards and each card has, and there's character that you asked me about earlier. Oh, yeah. um, but there's 12 of them and it's different C words. And so what we do is we kind of lay them out on the table. And we look at the 12 and we say, okay, here's our, here's our problem. Here's our, 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 our goal that we're trying to work toward. What are some of these pieces that we could use and how can we mix and match these differently than mm -hmm. maybe we did for another project? Because which ones of these would fit best for this project? So like, is this one more about collaboration? Is this one more about competition? Um, how can we have them express some creativity. So we have these 12, we have these 12 cards and we, we kind of play with that. So that's another yep. way to help people kind of get out of their, out of their rut, so to speak of doing the same thing over and over. Yep. Um, and then I also, I also hope that people are getting um, feedback from those previous, like, you know, if you did the previous project, hopefully you're looking at that feedback and you're not just kind of putting it on the shelf and going, Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that was good. Um, because 
even if it's even if it's all 100% good feedback, I want to see that too because I think so often we focus on the negative and we're like, oh, well, this didn't work, so we have to take this piece out or we have to fix this piece, and we don't look at this piece worked really, really well. Let's dig into that. Like, let's do more of that. How can we? How can we expand on that piece? So I think it's good to go back and look at all of the feedback, whether it's good or bad or whatever, and and bring that forward. Because otherwise, why are we asking people for feedback if we're not gonna if we're not gonna do anything with it? That's just you know that's yeah. silly. We're wasting yeah. their time. I don't want to waste people's time. That's cool. I love those little nuggets that you've just shared. I love the card game that you play, and I love that you you basically gamifying learning to teach about gamification. Yes. So I respect yeah, that. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and your game plan's cool. I've never heard of it that way. Um, but I think it's a very easy way to just focus your attention yeah. and bring things back to the goal and understand this is where we start and we build out around that to get to yeah. the end result, well, which is really thank cool. You. I've been, it's, it's been a process of getting, getting it kind of, to a simplified manner because yeah. I really do a lot of the times a lot of the people I'm working with have never used gamification and so I yeah. wanted to make sure that I had a way that was true to the field of gamification I didn't want to oversimplify it to the point of you know it not it not bringing in all those behavioral things and all the different you know areas yeah. that are important to it, the psychology of it um, but it, it, but people, when they're starting out, especially, you know, you have to, you have to have somewhere to start that's relatively s simple in the sense of, uh, you know, clear steps rather than, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be, it's still not easy. It's not easy to do that. It still requires a lot of, a lot of effort and, you know, it's very, uh, it's a long process to go through, but yeah. you know, it helps, I think. So I think, um, <laughs> It's really nice to have a conversation about gamification where I guess everything you've shared is must um, from a perspective of you would expect you to go into, and I didn't want it to go this way, you know, badges and points and all that kind of stuff. And what you're demonstrating is gamification can happen and it's integrated and you don't know that it's happening when it's done well. Yeah, I think that's what you've shared today. So thank you. Thank for that. you. Thank you. Yeah, that's I, for me. That's for me. That's the important thing because I just I don't think I I don't think it I don't think it helps most audiences that I've worked with and you know and a lot of the people I'm working with you know legal environment health um, health actually healthcare actually does use a lot of more game game like things and simulation type things which yeah. are great if you have the capacity to do them um, but that's the other thing it's like we need to be realistic about resources. Like not everybody has a huge studio and the, yeah. you know, the, the developers that can do full scale simulations and can do all these amazing things. And I'm not taking anything away from those. I love those. I love, you know, right now I'm, I'm working with, uh, uh, the serious play conference has a composition every year and I'm getting to, I'm getting to look at some of the uh, award submissions and I'm like, Oh wow, these are, you know, yeah, it's awesome. I'm like, great. I wish I could do this kind of stuff. But, um, but you know, I, I like being able to bring something to people who don't necessarily have the, the big scale resources, but they can, I don't want them to see. Um, and I appreciate, I really appreciate your comment because that's, that's what I'm trying to do is like, let people see that 
there's a whole range of things and that really gamification can be just augmented instructional design. It's really just a beautiful sort of amplification of good instructional design because a lot of it is not, it's not rocket science. I'm not really teaching people things they don't already know if they've been doing instructional design for a while about developing feedback and interactivity. These are things we should have been doing anyway. Um, but funny, when I throw the word gamification out there, suddenly everybody's like, oh, I want to do interactivity. <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. great. You should have been doing that before. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, Valerie with a Y. Thank you very much for being on. Thank you so much. Learning with Bell Vista Studios. I learned. I'm grateful for our time. I'm grateful for the things that you shared. It was a nice refresher, especially to take a step back and look at things with fresh eyes. Start all new projects with just a little box, but it's an empty canvas, essentially. Yes. Yes. Oh, you, you phrased it much better than I could have. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks everyone for watching go check out all the description the things that valerie's been sharing today will be in the description of the video and the podcast if it's added value to you you should share it so that more people find out about the great work and these things and can apply it in their organizations as well so have an awesome day everyone and thank you for tuning in <laughs>